0: Let's go on to our next question, William. We got a question from another question from Peakview Buff. He wanted to know when a fan base loses a commit to another school, the common thought is it must have been money, about money. What percentage of the time do you think that it actually is true? I know you are a strong. Well, I. I I don't know. You don't don't think NIL is is as big a deal as uh, a lot of us?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know how to put that exactly into words. I I don't think it's everything, which is what some people seem to think. In terms of asking me to put a percentage on it, I really have no idea. You're probably closer to you talk to those recruits and know what's more on on their radar than I do. Um, My gut tells me that that. You know, when we lose somebody to another school, it's not—it's not always about NIL. That sometimes they just want to go to a different place or they like it better. You know, I mean, it's not always that somebody handed them a bag of money. It's just that's a better fit.
0: Yeah, no, I. Based on my experience, it's it's the top level guys, the Jordan Setons that are going to have right, right to 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 not send in that that NIL because N L I. National letter of intent. Yeah. Those two uh, acronyms have been uh, bundled in my brain for a couple of years now. Uh, He did not sign his letter of intent on Wednesday because there was some persuasion going on as far as this goes. Now there have been other guys that have kind of had to deal with that as well, but it's really the top tier guys you're talking about in that sense. And, Everybody, CU fans that are watching this, should get down on two knees and and, and thank Coach Prime for coming to Boulder, because that's right. why we have this discussion on this mailbag right now. Is right. that um, they are recruiting a different tier of player than what Colorado is used to, right. and uh, it, it really is those top guys. I, I did a a podcast with the fifty four thirty Foundation. And uh, it's really cool to hear about their passion for CU based on the fact that they've been CU supporters the last 20-plus years because they've they've been through the the tough times like you and I, William, and uh, they're trying in that space to help CU out. But uh, Colorado's never going to be Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee in that regard, Florida State. There are maybe a ten programs where you can in right. their their NI nil, NIL collective is just out of control. Right. Today's episode is brought to us by Macaulay Capital Fractional CFO Services. If you are running a successful small to medium sized business, you have an impressive set of skills. But as your company grows, you face new and different challenges. When you eclipse three million dollars in revenue, you likely have a whole new set of financial challenges. Are you looking for financial guidance and support but don't have the resources to hire a full-time CFO? Well, we have the solution for you, hiring a fractional CFO from Macaulay Capital. A fractional CFO can work with businesses on a part-time basis, providing the same expertise as a full-time CFO at a fraction of the cost. You get the benefit of having a seasoned financial expert on your team without the commitment or expense of a full-time hire. We love to help your business thrive by improving its profitability and eliminating your financial headaches. Get a long-term partner you can trust to help craft your financial strategy, understand the profitability of each client, help manage your cash smartly so you can take advantage of rising interest rates and more. It's likely that a partnership with Macaulay Capital will be a win-win situation, meaning that your business will make more money from the guidance of a fractional CFO than the total cost of partnering with Macaulay Capital. For more information or to set up a meeting, visit MacaulayCapital.com or email CFO at MacaulayCapital.com. That's M-C-C-A-U-L-E-Y Capital.com. William, I'm sorry. I know you're trying to cut in, but like the good thing is that it kind of exposes guys that aren't willing to work because it hasn't really worked out. When you spend X amount of money on guys, you expect X amount of results, and that really has not been
1: the case right and i I think that on largely on a larger scale as long as you're competitive in nil as long as you can put something on the table you're in the game and then it comes down to recruiting like everything else you know if everybody's putting equal amount on the table then it comes down to can you recruit or not you know but you know we you mentioned briefly a minute ago we lost a guy to notre dame well you know what you lose a guy to notre dame you lost a guy to notre dame you know it's not like they they picked uh, New Mexico State over us. And then you got to wonder what's going on. But, you know, it's like some guys want to play at those big name, you know, blue blood schools. Yeah.
0: All right. Did we skip over a peak view question? He yeah, we did. Yeah. About, about uh, Shermer. Yes. What type of changes do you see happening to the offense from a scheme standpoint? Uh, I'll be honest, William. I I don't know. I I, I did like Witt. We saw from some of the ingenuity, like in intuition in some of those games, but yeah. um, it, it's hard to get a full grasp of what he's going to bring to the table.
1: Well, I think it certainly is going to be more of a. Uh, uh emphasis on the run game and being able to run the ball. You know, I don't think we're going to become a run first pass second team, but we're certainly going to run the ball enough to keep defenses on us. Because I think Shermer has been around the the block enough times to know that you can't do it one way or the other.
0: Yeah. Do you think that in the last, what has it been since the uh, USC game? uh, Probably, 3 3 4 months do you think he's spent a lot of time kind of delving into college offenses and and what works at this level I, I i said this on the last podcast i really really like his cerebral approach to things um and i don't i i just don't watch the nfl so i don't have yeah. this negative conception of pat Shermer that, that right. a lot of folks do i just that's not in my memory bank like that
1: yeah
0: uh is something that a lot of people draw on but i really don't know where that comes from i i don't know what he did with the broncos
1: well and i think i think nfl offenses are much more quarterback centric and there's not a lot of those quarterbacks in college football quite frankly you know and that's why they otherwise would all get drafted i guess in the first couple of rounds And so if you've got the quarterback you know, even a second-rate NFL quarterback is going to be one of your top quarterbacks in college. It's got to be somebody that can read a defense and do those kinds of things. You know, when you're in college, you're talking about young guys that don't have the football experience necessarily that a, well, that that a that a Shador has just because of who he grew up with. But, uh so I think that uh, given who we have a quarterback that uh, having an NFL guy on the offense is a good thing. But I think he'll also, I, I, I don't want to cast stones. I think he'll hold his assistant coaches accountable. I just don't feel that Sean Lewis held the O'Boyle accountable, that there was some kind of friendship thing going on there and didn't require him to do his damn job, which is develop an offensive line. But the play calling to me last year, I don't know who decided what, but they, the play calling to me was mystifying. It was mystifying and stupid. Um, and you got to keep a defense honest or you're, you, you know, you're going to, you're throwing you guys under the bus. So I think, I think we'll have much better play calling. I think we'll have a more traditional tight end presence. Um, not that we had a lot of tight ends on the roster, but, uh, um, I think that'll be a more th- traditional thing. And I, and I think we'll see a more, uh, thought out and, and practice running game, if nothing else. And for
0: 2024, the fact that he and, Shador sure, Sanders seem to be symbiotic they they seem to right. have a really good relationship is maybe right. uh, the most important quality of of anything you could ask for in an OC right
1: well and that, and that seems that's something that's really come out you know maybe in that last two weeks of the season and after the season that's really I, the more I see of that, the more I see how dysfunctional that relationship between Shadur and and uh, uh, Lewis was. And man, that it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work, you know. And that's the guy they have to work together and be on the same page and and, and you know at least respect each other. And if that's not there, you're gonna have a hard time making that offense work.
0: There's a chance that Shadur Sanders will be the top drafted quarterback. And next year's NFL draft in the 2025 draft. And when you have a talent like that, and I know that, uh, you know, folks that don't cover Colorado will try to do the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for with Cody and and Dan Hawkins, the. um, Nepotism. Nepotism.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is ridiculous.
0: I don't think I've seen that word mentioned once since coach prime was hired because. credit to folks that that cover or follow Colorado, but they they see with their own eyes that this is a special talent, and you you just got to give the young man time to to operate back there.
1: Well, we've seen that word we've seen that word in the last twenty four hours, and that's the next question coming up.
0: Oh, is it? Oh, good segue here.
1: But but but, um, before we go, that the you know the other thing that you know this is not necessarily a Shermer question, but the thing that encourages me is these incoming linemen. You know, and I think if Particularly was Khalil Benson, you know, saying our goal we're, we we are coming in, and it wasn't their offensive line last year, but they got a chip on their shoulder that we're going to keep this guy off the ground, and we're gonna we're gonna keep Shadur upright. And I think having an offensive line come in with that attitude and desire to prove something is a good thing.
0: Khalil Benson's mother went on the Big Dog Chico show. Did did you she's, see that,
1: William? She's, she's awesome, isn't she? Great. Yeah.
0: I, I don't know her, but I want to know. Right. Ms. Oh, my Mrs. God. Benson. Yeah. I am actually going to do a, a collaborative podcast with Big Dog Chico on who, who Wednesday. Were the, who, were the,
1: who were the two guys we had back, you know, 2016 and stuff? One was a tackle, one was a tight end uh, from Texas, Irwin, er, Irwin's. Yeah. Yeah, and I was close friends with their mom, and I'd see her at every every game. She'd come up and bring me brisket from Texas, and she was a character too. I, I'd like to find Khalil Benson's mom. I don't know what she cooks, but uh, I bet it's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was uh, – I had like 18 things to do that day, and I – got into that video with big dog Chico and that's why I reached out to him because like, man, we got, we, we, we got to collaborate. I, I would respect your work for bringing her on. And yeah. uh, that, that that was awesome. All right, let's go on to not the most hotly debated topic with, with you in the last few days, but Booyakasha asked, where are the Sanders boys
1: this weekend? Hey, boo, yeah. How about throwing a grenade in there, Booyakasha? <laughs> Wise guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: are they I in Paris? I, I don't. I don't I have GPS tracking on uh, the Paris. Sanders Paris, players. Kentucky,
1: isn't it? And now where they went? <laughs> uh, so
0: they I, 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 or... Yeah, I put a, a, a message on our message board. I, I I don't know if I can find it, but it was basically look like you can choose to be miserable through this whole Coach Prime experience, but. Um, You have the best roster that we've seen in Boulder in a very long time. Maybe team chemistry could be an issue if, but we don't know. We don't know what's been said behind the scenes, right? right? Right, Everybody just wants to cast aspersions on this whole deal. And uh, we we
1: don't know what was known beforehand. I mean, I, you know, all these guys are teammates and they know each other and they talked and probably knew it was coming, but I think two people really nailed it on the board. One was EJ, uh was talking about, look, if a guy misses a hard work practice or a, or a workout or whatever, that's one thing. But, you know, the initial meeting of the season, big deal. You know, it's going to be forgotten in, in a week or two weeks as long as when you show up and how hard you work in those hard ones that's going to develop, you know, teamwork and leadership. And then somebody else uh, mentioned, and I thought this was a really good point, that, uh, look, you know, the only, the only place that's. Really, devices is if uh, somebody else got a chance to go, and he said no to that person. You know, nobody else had the had the opportunity, and so you know, it, it's apples and oranges to say that there is favoritism for this that, that thing. I think you know, it's 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 implied at least in some of the things that I've seen that uh, this benefit is is a benefit to the program in some way in terms of publicity or whatever. We'll see how that plays out, but. I don't know. I don't think it's an issue. And I don't, I don't think that uh you're gonna see a lot of guys, you know. The bottom line is that uh Shadur and Shiloh are gonna play in the NFL. Man, they're they're good players. And at the end of the day, that's all that really matters, is work hard and be good players.
0: Buff Bosco asked, what changes need to be made to the transfer portal? And oh, he boy. put in uh yeah, he asked transfer yeah, portal oh, windows, how many times you can transfer? I would say that <clears throat> oh man. William, I must want to punt on this question. We could spend
1: a whole right. Where do you go with this? Leadership.
0: What changes need to be made to the transfer portal? His question. Um, You know, I love boxing. I've never been a huge MMA guy. Um, It's not, this is going to come out wrong, but it's like guys are kind of dry humping each other like on the ground too much for my taste um but but i love boxing
1: okay don't any don't any mma guys come in and kick adam's backside for that comment
0: <laughs> they're, they're coming from me they're not gonna like that uh boxing was to me like the sweet science that we we hear right the greats right. in that sport talk about i, I, I just know, exactly. I, I love kind of that 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 calculated violence that Takes place in boxing right. that well, um, it's not just brute force. Yeah. It's it's well, a lot of uh, technique. But there was no leadership <laughs> in boxing in what happened. MMA took over, yeah.
1: and, and and you know that's what I worry about
0: college football. Sorry, sorry yeah. go ahead.
1: Right, and I mean you know you Muhammad Ali was art. It was art. It was ballet. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous, you know, and, and and he just could do things and it was beautiful to watch. And I, so I get it. I entirely understand what you mean. Whereas, you know, like the MMA, MMA to me, there's a lot of technique and what have you, but it, and I think, you know, people just like the brutality. I don't know.
0: There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, it, it, I've watched enough MMA to like know that there, there's a sweet science component of that as well. Like I, I should sure, backtrack sure. from that, that initial statement. That that just is my personal opinion, having watched a lot of that. And I kind of miss, you know, boxing after dark matter, mattering on HBO. Like, right. I would – man, I would change my plans to watch right. just mid-level boxers go at it. And there just isn't the, the same quality. I know there's been some right. uh, good matches here more recently. But, yeah, to, to me – Kind of that statement is more built off the disappointment over boxing.
1: Uh,
0: I, I let's think, get in. Go
1: I think ahead. I think what we all loved about college football. Well, I think there was a lot of things we loved about college football over the years, but you know, one of them to me was always watching guys come in as freshmen and watching them progress year to year and by the time they are a fifth year guy you kind of felt like they were your friend you like you knew that guy you know and he'd been there and been through things you watch them develop and you remember i remember when that guy was a freshman guy's butt kicked and whatever and you're not going to have that anymore so you know you have to develop a different way of loving the players on your team or whatever because they're not going to be there necessarily year to year some will you know some won't um but I do think it's is a positive for players to be able to get into better situations because I've always felt like I've always felt like for 40 years watching the sport, you know, guys would picked the wrong place and their career went down a drain because of it, you know, and maybe if they'd have gone to a different place with a different coach or different opportunities, they could have been something.
0: Does it feel more transactional that that's kind of my concern about college football going forward?
1: Maybe, but I think you still have to be, as a coach, you know, you had to develop a relationship with those guys and get them to believe in what you're doing to come and play for you, you know? So, um, I don't know. Uh, is it more like the NFL? Maybe, I suppose. there's There still seems to be that sort of, I don't know, there's sort of that young, childlike ex- excitement about it that it's not just there for a job. Although there's more aspect of that now, you know?
0: Unblockable asked Adam, you recently acknowledged being dressed down by a certain coach for reporting on something they didn't want out there. Just out of curiosity, what type of reporting can get you in hot water? Question mark. For example, sharing the info on secret visitors, unofficial staff changes, injuries, etc. Any color would be great. Thank you. Uh it's walking the tightrope. It, right. <laughs> and that's the thing is that there's no manual for this. And, and there's a reason that I've done this for 21 years now is that I have a sensibility, but man, I still, for whatever reason, pu- push buttons here or there. And I don't mean to, I, I'm trying <laughs> on one, when I talk about tightrope, I'm talking about, okay, on one hand, you have CU fans that want to know everything right now it right now and you've got yeah. on the other side a staff that has a whole different set of agenda right that doesn't match up with that and so navigating that is unquestionably the hardest part of this job like in man like it's not going to get any easier because you have constantly new coaches just you know yesterday they have a new receivers coach. I don't know him. I, I'm not, I'm not going to share, like, what well, my process is in terms of getting sources. But uh, I don't know what is going to push his buttons. You're right. Uh, but CU fans are going to want updates on the receivers in 2024. So you, you're walking that tightrope. And uh, I try so hard, William. I try so hard to – make everybody happy it just is impossible when you you come to the end of it in terms of that that push and pull that i talked about
1: right well you know part of part of what you do is well a lot of what you do is built on relationships and relationships are built on trust and so people tell you things with the idea that, that that doesn't necessarily come from them you know for the most part and so you have your sources and you have to protect those sources so people want to know things but if you spit out everything that you get five minutes after you get it, people can stop telling you stuff. Right.
0: Yeah, it's so complicated. I This is one of those things. Same, same deal with the Arizona folks. Like, I really do want to kind of share everything, but I know that's not in the best interest of, of everybody involved, right? And right. so having – That internal debate. There's a reason that I've been up since two this morning because I got a DM from somebody that I respect, and man, it it just. What I will tell Colorado fans, and I and I genuinely mean this, is that uh, there is no part of the day in which I'm not looking to do what's best for BuffStampede.com, and there's so many complicated intricacies within that that I just. It's not professional to share. Um, it's hard to bite my tongue. It really is. Like when you I mean, have different, if, if I was literally biting my tongue, I wouldn't have a tongue.
1: Yeah. Is what I would you, say. You, 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 you know, your priority is to this is to this website and the subscribers and the people who pay for it and who are there on that board and, you know, and, and, and the responsibilities of the people that you're talking to, these coaches, these staff members, their their responsibility is to that team. And it's a different responsibility, as you said, you know, and so they're going to give you information in a way that benefits whatever their goal is. Right. And you have to sort through that and say, well, OK, to, are they feeding me B.S.? You know, are they spinning me? You know, is this real? Can I share this? But if I share this, am I going to cut off that source and what have you? And people don't seem to grasp, I think, that that in what you do, like you said, walking a tightrope is a good uh, analogy for it or metaphor for it, uh, that not only do you have to please all the people on the board, you got to keep those other people that are giving you the information happy or you're going to stop getting that information.
0: But I wouldn't choose another path, yeah. another profession to have.
1: Well I've noticed you know when our podcasts go up on YouTube there there are people that have a different view of how I say things and how you say things and they don't understand you're a journalist with professional responsibilities and ethics I'm not I'm not a journalist I'm a guest I can say what I want I don't have sources to protect and I'm and I'm not you know under the journalistic ethics or what have you I'm just you know I'm just the guy you get on here cuz I can I'm a blowhard and you like to hear what I had to say, you know, so it, it's a totally different uh, uh, situation that you're in than from what I'm in. And I have a lot more freedom to say things that I want to say. And then you have to decide whether they go up in the air or not.
0: <laughs> well, if I ever bring up Dan Lenning's name and and I don't get a response out of you that cracks me up, then uh, we're doing something wrong here. And actually I, and I, really enjoy, of- I really enjoy, I really enjoy we got a question about opposing B writers, like the Oregon B writers are uh, Matt Frem and um, Eric. The, they're among the best people that I've met, and, and it's no reflection on them. But yeah, Dan Lanning kind of brings out on himself, and in terms of what he did out in Eugene the, the, this past, what was that October?
1: Yeah, and then I, I, one other thing, or something that you mentioned a minute ago is like if you ever do give us the full Monty, I'm out of here. <laughs>
0: You don't have to worry about that, William. We're we're going to keep this uh, going on for, for a very long time without the full Monty. Let's jump back into the mailbag. I don't know. We're going to have to split this up into like three shows. I really enjoy chatting with you. Do you have to go anywhere, William? No, I'm good. Dangerous asked, have we lost anyone from last year to the portal yet that surprises slash concerns you? I figured we'd have a few disappointing defections of starting... The caliber of players, but hasn't seemed to happen yet. Um, I think we 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 touched on this. I probably right. Anthony Hankerson, right, is probably the main right. one.
1: Hankerson and, and Van Wells, I guess I would like to have around. Okay. Um, beyond that, not nobody. But but
0: you you would a, yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. You would ask Van Wells to to be a backup in 2024, right? How realistic is that?
1: Well, I wouldn't have asked him to be that. I think he's, a, I think yeah. he's the best center on the team. I don't think anybody's going to okay. beat him out. I don't think this new guy, Yakiri Walker, is not going to beat out Van Wells. I think Van Wells... Hank Zolinskis? Uh, I don't think... I think they would have fought it out, but I don't think Hank was yeah. going to pass up Wells by any means. I think Wells is a lot better player than people think he is. And I think he's going to show that.
0: Yeah, I mean, outside of that...
1: It's we mostly mentioned good
0: attrition. Guys, yeah, we talked about. I'm not going s- to so. start throwing out names like that. Just right, right. seems. i uh, not right. Yeah, I'm you know, going down a list. You know, and um, I
1: think, I think we'll see what happens in spring ball, and some guys will become starters, and others won't. Some of those guys will leave.
0: Yeah, I think Jaquez Robinson would have been a nice depth piece. Yeah. Hmm. But. Marvin Hammond is a weird case.
1: Right. Yeah, he just never really yeah, I thought met well, that guy.
0: That Arizona State game, though, I felt like in the second half, he was one of the key pieces in terms of them <laughs> slowing down the Sun Devils' offense, and yeah. I don't know what happened there. And that's one, as I rack my brain about things I would ask during spring ball, that, that's tough. Top of my list when we talked to to Coach Hart, the uh, the linebackers coach, about what what happened with Marvin Ham last year because um, he earned his number before most of his teammates and seemed to be playing okay, and we didn't see him down the stretch. Right.
1: Any other guys? Not that I can think of. I don't think there's anybody else. You know, I think what we're bringing in is better than what we lost by by a significant manner. I think there's some guys still on the roster that kind of surprised me, but we'll see how that plays out after spring.
0: Chuckles asked, "Are there any CU players in the transfer portal who may stay at CU?" Uh, first off, I think Chuckles predates me covering Colorado back when I was the publisher of the CU sign on rivals back in 2003. I think he was already on there. It was a big player. So uh, we don't do this often, but chuckles.
1: Kudos. Good timer.
0: <laughs> for, for sticking around all these years. Um, in terms of his question, I don't think so.
1: No, I wouldn't imagine anybody coming back that's out there. I mean, it sort of follows off the last question where, you know, there wasn't anybody out there that were really all that, worked up about losing.
0: Yeah. Padillac 13 asked, what school has your least <laughs> what school has your least favorite media team?
1: Make some uh, enemies here. Go for it.
0: <laughs> oh man. Well, I just spent a lengthy amount of time, maybe too long-winded of a time, talking about how I gotta butt my tongue about certain things. And I'm
1: gonna do that here. Do you yeah. do well, let me let me let me turn it a little bit and say, OK, going to the Big 12, what differences do you see in terms of media teams from the from the Pac-12 going into this new conference?
0: I don't know. I I, I know from my days on rivals that before Colorado left the Big 12, Gabe Dierman, uh, Josh McQuistion trying to think of all those people uh john kirby like that we had a really really tight-knit group it was unquestionably the best camaraderie that i've had with a, a media team in a conference and man we we did so much collaborative work and uh sean callahan from nebraska like you know these, these are names that i'm throwing out there of, of teams that CU fans hate right but it, it's kind of like, politics, like Sit down and, and and talk to somebody. You're not that far away from what you both want. Like that's part of the 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 problem in our country right now is that we let media dictate like who we hate and and like and um, I definitely don't want to lend to that. I I would say that that whole team was, was awesome and we've all kind of gone our separate ways. I don't. I think Gabe. I don't know if anybody is still part of rivals that was part of that group.
1: I, I just feel like I'm, I feel very fortunate to be part of this and in, in a tangential sort of way and, and to watch uh, coach prime Deion Sanders do what he does. And, and I, I can't think of any place I would, I mean, I'm okay, granted, I'd like to see CU in a championship game, winning a championship, but I can't think out, outside of that any place I'd rather have our program be than in the hands of Deion Sanders and all the kinds of things that people are you know, bickering about on the board right now or Tempest in a teapot. And I think we have a man at the head of this organization that we can be proud of, man. You know, win or lose, I, I'm proud to have the man there. I, I just really am. I'm, you know, we we watched the Coach Prime show and, and, you know, the wife constantly mentions about how clearly he cares about these kids, you know, and, and uh, it means a lot to me that he cares about these kids. It means a lot to me, you know, to, to, see a, a, a blackhead coach be given a shot and, and uh, to excite a fan base the way he has and to sort of bring things to Bowler that haven't been there before. And I just think the whole darn thing is still just as exciting to me as it was a year ago, quite frankly. Yeah.
0: No, more exciting. Like you think of what it takes to build a football roster, and you can change over a roster, but you're not going to get there in one off season. There's, There's just – it doesn't happen when you have 85 right. guys and other teams are going to expose, expose your, your weakest link. There, There's no way around that. Obviously, it was the old line in 2023. But um, that's why when we get questions, William, like, we're the, the Sanders boys this weekend. I'm like, okay, take the traditional hat off, sit all back right. and think about, okay, perspective. It's all about perspective. Where were we? 13 and a half months ago, and I know where we are now, and it's much better than we were 13 and a half months ago.
1: Right, and, and, and you know, what's even better is I feel like 13 months from now will be an even better place. Yeah. That's what feels good about it.
0: The fact that he has embraced Colorado, too, is... Right. right. He, he, you know, really he's like, one, really like he's no one other- of those people that is not fake like he's not gonna do right. right things that are are not genuine to his core and right i was talking with somebody the other day about this like there is something about colorado that when you spend time here you can't get it out of your system and right uh aside from Mel talker uh but well,
1: like he get like <laughs> he gets out you know he goes out into that minus five degree weather with a coat on and, and look at how excited he was like a little kid. First time he ever saw snow, you know, he doesn't have to go to those basketball games and he took those two true freshmen to that basketball game and introduced them to Peggy. He didn't have to do that stuff, you know, but he does because he embraces all the little things that RCU, you know, even, even watching him meet Ralphie the first time and he of afraid of him, you know, it, it, <laughs> it, it's just, it, it's not only fun how ex, how excited he is about every little thing, you know, like he, I think he, he put out a tweet yesterday talking about, you know, a beautiful picture of snow covered uh, uh, Folsom field. And he said, don't be afraid of snow. You're going to play it in the NFL, which says two things. I believe you're going to be in the NFL. And that's why I want you here and come here and get used to it. I mean, it, it's just the whole darn thing is still just as, fresh as it was to me a year ago
0: well that's the thing is as a colorado fan william how many days a year do you have to actually watch the team on the field 12 right 13 if you're lucky 14 if you're really lucky now going into the college football playoff it'll expand but like your your happiness as a college football fan is kind of built off some of this offseason stuff like it just is what it is and uh, Coach Prime delivers the experience like you can't get anywhere else.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always said that it's the craziest sport in the world because you work 365 days a year for 12 darn days. You know, <laughs> who does that? It's crazy. It not yeah. make no sense. It does.
0: And they're going to get to work, William. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. How many hours have we gone
1: today? I don't know. It's getting close to 1230. I enjoy I talking
0: to, go, to you. Like I said,
1: I had to go I, we, go save my neighbor and 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 and, and uh, jump her car, but that. Was...
0: I don't even know. Like this might be like a, a ten parter. That's going good, good, <laughs> to come out for Colorado fans, but uh, our wives are getting together. Should we do a rundown of that and how that whole event goes down?
1: Yeah, yeah. We're, maybe we should. Maybe we should uh, podcast some of it. I don't think they want to be on the air, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we we're both very lucky men, and uh, I'm excited to to break bread with you and your wife, uh, William. Appreciate you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know that this is uh, always seems to be a hectic time of t- time of year for you, and uh, but we addressed a whole lot. This was more of kind of. Uh, unscripted podcast that we've done most times. And I don't know people can add us and and tell us, but I I liked kind of the the back and forth that we had.
1: Well, and I appreciate it. It's nice to be able to just talk about stuff and, and, you know, be more nuanced in conversation than, than sometimes you can be, you know, in this, in the typed word on a board.
0: Yeah. All right, William, I appreciate you. And I definitely appreciate everybody out there. If, If this is only two parts, Correct. Then you get a gold star if you, still you, you,
1: here. you've finished that to the end. I may, maybe, we should have, maybe we should say something at this point, and then you get a prize if you can repeat what we said at the end to show that you were there.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: uh, at me and tell me your favorite uh, Mexican place in Colorado because I need to find a new one. Um, the last go. place I have has been pretty disappointing. So uh, if you have listened to this point of the podcast,
1: reach out yeah, to me. And- and and here's a anybody out there you got a good fried chicken place we want to know.
0: Fried chicken. All right. All right. Yeah. For barbecue, I'm always going to stand up for my guy Jason. Have you been to, you've been to GQ, right? Oh
1: yeah, we go there for fairly regularly. Yeah, fantastic yeah. food. Yep. The best. All right. We got, we well, here.
0: Yeah, down in uh, Park Meadows?
1: Park, Park, Park Meadows, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, William, I appreciate you. All right. Like I said already, and I definitely appreciate everybody out there. Give me a good maximum place to go to.